all this horrible abuse uh, would possibly uh, reduce his human ability and strength and bring about this. And now comes a very, very important passage from Hebrews 5, 7. And I must be believers that Paul wrote this, the only one qualified to, to carry these tremendous deaths. And here we have a passage that's so significant. In the days of his flesh, when he offered up both prayer and solemn question, uh, supplications with loud crying and tears to him who was able to save him from or out of from. The prepositional concept is death. So what is this deep prayer? Oh, God, when things look as black as they ever could conceivably look, is there a way you can save me out of the impending death that everywhere is building up against me? And what does the scripture say? He was saved from death. Why? Because of his piety. Oh, what a gospel we have to sit down with people and talk about the greatest events in the whole history of the world. So he was saved from death. And so I got this scripture as I was finishing this, and I had a lot more to say in these two pages I typed. But here we have Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He died for our sins. Not because he was crucified. Not because wicked men had put him to death. He was able to die for our sins because of the powerful God who arranged the solution. And now, uh, let's turn to that sacred page uh, 7 again. Uh, right in the middle of the page, God long determined to exert a causative mental preference in the minds of rebellious leaders and the multitude so they would all manifest their tempers in demanding crucifixion rather than stoning. Oh, are we coming to something? As we study the Word of God, we see that God can, there's one thing God cannot do. One thing, as I see it. He can't make anybody love him. God has no problem making a million people do something. How do we conceive of the great dimensions of God putting pressure on our little tiny personality? And here we have, oh, oh, oh. When they're... Pilate tries to get them to, to stone him, to do that, and they refuse. What shall I do with Jesus? And what do they say? They say a foreign word to Judaism. Let him be crucified. Why did God... And so, God comes over the raging mass when they're throwing dust in the air, and they're thinking, now we got him. We get rid of him. We won't be bothering him anymore. And God comes over this rushing man, and with just a tiny little trickle of his energy put causation upon any million people be no problem. So what do they say with no argument from Judaism? Now, if that isn't a miracle, will you tell me a greater one? 
And so instead of insisting and pursuing the stoning, they all cry out, let him be crucified. What does God say? If you are going to revolt against my precious son and determine to put him down and get rid of him, I'm going to have something to say in the way you do this so I can still accomplish the atonement in spite of your horrified rebellion. My beloved, beloved friends, can you see a more dynamic accomplishment of God? Now you have understood that crucifixion was the most gruesome time. They often lived five days on these crosses. And here, here was a part. What does this mean? This means that God allows mankind to treat the Savior uh, according to their choice. And in spite of their horrifying rebellion, he provides the Savior right in front of the public gathering. So the whole mass of humanity throwing dust in the air and raging and raging and raging can see the Lamb of God uh, taking the concentration of the sin of the world. So he's going to die before crucifixion kills him. And you know the evidence of this. They came to break the legs and he's dead already. Isn't that strange? How come? And then they want the body of Jesus and they won't believe him. He can't be dead yet. Send and verify it. And then, by causation, I believe, God moves upon a soldier to pierce the heart with a spear. And you notice now the references here, you'll have to study it as you have already acquainted with it. And out from the heart comes blood and water. And a London physician in the last century researched this very deeply. That when you have blood and water coming from the heart sac, it indicates a depth uh, from spiritual causes. And you notice the way John witnessed, I tell you it's true, I was there, I saw it, and I'm telling you that you may believe. Believe what? Believe that he died? No, believe the way he died. Amen. And so our precious, precious Lord Jesus accomplished what he came to do. Oh, beloved, do we have a gospel to be proud of? Do we have a Lord Jesus to challenge our lives? Could we conceive of anything more devastating to man's little pride to think that the Creator comes down and puts all this, put this, put all this abuse and that God intervened? No wonder they had this great prayer meeting in the book of Acts. Uh, now, I give you another chart which I want you to look at some other time. Notice on page 4. Here we have a, a summary of what we've been talking about. Where Jesus came down from heaven, he was rejected. Tempers were exploding. They were going to rush him right off the stoning. They tried this all along, didn't they? God would simply not allow the Lord Jesus to be stoned. Because then there would be no atonement. So right in the critical time when their tempers throwing dust, you know how Orientals do. 
And just what they're going to substitute, get rid of this one who's bothering them. God comes down, stop. And deflects their mind toward crucifixion away from stoning, which is a non-Judaistic practice. Here, my friends, is a miracle. No wonder the book of Acts has such times of worship and praise over truth. What is the power of true worship? I object to much professed worship because it doesn't seem to be based on a deep comprehension of the truth of reality. As I view something like this, every ounce of my being comes up with attempted worship. And that's what they did in the book of Acts. Oh, I say, glory to our wonderful God. May we just close with Acts 4, 27 and 28. And how there was such victory here that, that God has achieved the, the wonderful accomplishments until, and notice the power here, isn't that fourth chapter a wonderful manifestation of power? And here's the worship, verse 27, for truly in this city, there was gathered together against thy holy servant Jesus, whom thou didst anoint, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatsoever thy hand and thy purpose predestined or decided beforehand to occur. In other words, God decided that I won't let you stone Jesus, but I will let you manifest your temper if you allow me a duration of time when it's the greatest event in the whole world history could be accomplished. And if we don't adore Jesus for this, don't want to go to heaven and be monotonous. But here we're here. We're, we're just, when you get through with the song, you start over again. When you get through the next verse, you start over again. Why do we do this? Because we're going to see what's been involved in our salvation. That God has come and lifted us out among the rebels of earth and given us a worshipful appreciation. And no wonder should go along into this verse. The, the, the place was shaken, which they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember, there is not one filling of the Holy Spirit. There is not one baptism of the Holy Spirit. These are merely climactic verbs that have to be continually repeated every day. So the secret of Christian work is to pause and look for a new filling that God may guide us in this particular moment and to serve our precious Jesus. Amen. Well, I personally say, thank the Lord. Amen. Thank Praise the Lord. God. And this is the message which we have the privilege of presenting. So God is going to have the final victory, isn't he? Heavenly Father, please take what we can't put in words and help each one of us to have a deeper appreciation of what has been involved in our salvation. Thy great love wanting to forgive, facing the problems, making long preparation for the Savior, His coming to receive a shocking rejection, a buildup of horrible tempers, and yet, our Heavenly Father, Thou hast made arrangements whereby the precious Savior could accomplish what He came to do, and then was buried for a short time, 
to rise again in victory then to camp among his dear ones for some weeks and then ascend into heaven and he said i'm coming back again for those of you who love me what shall we do occupy till he comes help each one of us lovely jesus to be about thy business in the best way we can conceive of and we know that thou wilt bless us beyond measure in our savior's name amen